0: Thank you very much. And again, Merry Christmas. I am Chris Cuomo. Welcome to Primetime. New evidence of what I hope is getting to be pretty obvious by now. A clear timeline of what happened to aid to Ukraine and when. We also have a Primetime exclusive on a central player in the investigation into these rogue players around Rudy Giuliani. We have a newish name and a scary game afoot. Now, this is it for me until after Christmas, so happy Hanukkah, blessed nights for you all, blessed Christmas. Uh, Show the love to everyone around you. We need it now. And we here at Cuomo Primetime, we thank all of you for the gift of your time and attention. What do you say? Let's get after it. All right, tonight we can clearly say that we know that the decision to withhold military aid money from Ukraine was made at practically the same time that this president was working the phones to get what he wanted from Ukraine. How do we know? Look at this email. Officially ordering the money to be frozen. It was sent just 91 minutes after Trump hung up with Zelensky. Fact and context. Trump's own people sent signals at the same time that they were doing this, that the situation was dicey. How do we know? His political appointee, Mike Duffy, wrote, quote, I appreciate your keeping that information closely held. Why? Why be so quiet about withholding aid to Ukraine? Fact, just days after Congress found out about the whistleblower, the White House which was informed about the whistleblower. Remember the timeline. Even before Congress came asking, they knew. There's reporting that even the president was aware of the whistleblower. What do they do? When Congress comes, they abruptly make the decision to release the money. Why then? Why such a quick turnaround? Folks at the DOD, the Department of Defense, were asking, what happened? We don't know what Mr. Duffy's answer was, but we know he was, quote, glad to have this behind us. Why would you be glad to have something behind you that happens all the time, according to the White House? Now, the OMB spokeswoman argues, quote, to pull a line out of one email and fail to address the context is misleading and inaccurate. Fair enough. But help us These people won't tell you anything about the facts. Now, by the way, I don't think there's anything misleading about this analysis. I think it's leading right up to where they missed. They missed the opportunity to keep this clean because it wasn't. Request for testimony. Request for documents. Tell us about the process that went into freezing the money. They won't. The White House wants none of it out, even as our president says he's the most transparent. Think about this. How likely is it that you, let alone a president, would keep people and papers hidden if they were helpful to your cause? They thought the call summary was perfect. Clearly, their idea about that call being perfect is a con. We're only seeing this now, by the way. You know, don't say, well, look, they put it out. Finally, let's argue about timing. No, no journalists use the law the freedom of information act to get it released this wasn't done voluntarily they had to do it they were compelled and here's the thing there are more documents like this coming in january again whether it's the president or mr giuliani or any of the defenders if you have evidence that makes what you did okay this alibi that the president suggests give it to your pals in the senate for the trial come on the show I'll give you all the time you want to lay it out. Why? We only know what you show. And so far, the body of information here is neutral to negative, And the facts matter. All right? That's the new information tonight. House Armed Services Committee member John Garamendi led a bipartisan congressional delega- delegation to Ukraine soon after the impeachment inquiry was announced. The California Democrat is going to join us now to get some perspective on the state of play. Welcome to primetime.
1: Good to be with you, Chris.
0: So when we look at the current situation, one step towards the facts first. Uh, My supposition, Garamendi, whether it was when he was uh, overseeing insurance for the state or now in Congress, you say to me, Cuomo, I don't like that you did this, this, and this. I say, "Hold, hold on, that's not how it happened. Uh, I can prove how it happened. In fact, I have somebody who will tell you, Congressman, you don't have it right. Right. What is the chance that that is ever not produced when it's helpful information?
1: Well, if you're being charged with something, you're going to do everything you can to put out the information that will uh, exonerate you from whatever you're being charged about. Keep in mind, this president, as you just said so very, very well a moment ago, has done exactly the opposite. He has hid every piece of information. He has put the uh, muzzle on anybody that could provide uh, information. Fact of the matter is, he's hiding because there is no exoneration. He's as guilty by his own words, by his transcript, incomplete as it is. This man is guilty as charged.
0: The situation we argue here all the time, the facts line up to create a pretty clear picture of wrongdoing. What the consequence of that should be is politically debatable. We welcome that debate on the show all the time. Uh, A couple of points, uh, strategic and a little bit uh, substantive on the Democrat side. One, the first stick you're going to get hit with at the Senate level will be, you know, you guys are in such a rush. You know, there's litigation about whether or not we find this to be a rightful impeachment, whether or not these people will come forward. You're not even waiting for it. Uh, was that a mistake to pa- bypass the litigation phase?
1: I don't think so. If you go back and review what the president has done, uh, the subpoenas that he's ignored uh, at every level, uh, the White House, the uh, Office of Management and Budget, the State Department, as well as the Department of Defense, they've simply ignored all the subpoenas. How do you get those enforced? Well, you've got to go through the courts. That could take forever and a day. But the information that was available in the witnesses that did testify, uh, both in the uh, evidentiary process of the uh, uh, Intelligence Committee and then before the full Judiciary Committee, it is very, very clear that the president engaged in an extortion, in a bribe, trying to get Ukraine to put uh, information forward false as it might be, to somehow help him in the campaign. Uh, That's very, very clear. Those are the charges. But when you
0: know that the country's divided, clarity is at a premium, that if you had the big voices who had to know what happened testify, it would be very hard to argue what one of the main arguments is now, which is incompleteness of record.
1: Well, the record actually is quite complete in and of itself. Are there more facts to be uh, forthcoming? Absolutely. And that's what the trial is. Keep in mind the role of the House of uh, in the, Fair in point. Congress, our House, is to lay out the charges yes. as best we can. And we did, not only in the, uh, in, in the indictment or in the impeachment itself, but also in 600 pages of additional testimony of that went along with that. Fair point. It the articles the trial- of
0: impeachment are just the allegations. I get you. But exactly. then how about this one? withholding them looks like gamemanship at best and a little bit of a cynical overreach at worst. I get the arguments of being uh, unsure about the Senate, but that's their duty. Is it the House's duty to oversee whether the Senate does its duty?
1: Given what we have found out, given the evidence that was uh, in the testimony, in the hearings, it is absolutely essential that the Senate conduct a fair and thorough trial. You would not want to go to any court in the United States charged with whatever it is and as a prosecutor and simply have the defense say, oh, it's over. He's not guilty. Let's go home. No, you want the facts in the trial. And that's what Nancy Pelosi is attempting to lay out a fair process in the trial taking place in the Senate. Mm
0: -hmm. What do you say? Uh, To the folks in the home district, they've known you a long time uh, in that state when they're like, geez, John, you know, was this really that big a deal that you had to impeach the president? I mean, you guys, do you just hate him? Is that what it is? When you get a a new fact like, hey, 90 minutes uh, after he got off the phone with Zelensky, they froze the aid. Uh, This is what it was about. How do you make people care about something that we see all the time they are divided on and arguably a little disinterested?
1: Well, I will tell you that one of the most conservative fellows I know, a police officer, came up to me in the grocery store uh, just yesterday, and he came up and he said, haven't seen you for a while. How are you doing? Yes. And then he whispered to me, your vote was right. Impeach him. So, you know, this is a very conservative fellow out there. People understand, and that's why the polls are saying you've got to have the evidence presented at the trial. Yes, the allegations have been made, the charges are there, that's the impeachment, now the trial. Nobody, nobody can imagine a trial without evidence being presented. Either exculpatory evidence, he's not guilty, or, yeah, he's guilty as could be. That's what the trial ought to be.
0: The helpful fact is that we've seen 60 to 70 percent of Americans uh, and a pretty decent amount of crossover, relatively speaking, on the Republican side, that we think something here was wrong and we think we should hear from other people. The American people do not like things being hidden from them uh, and nor should they. However, what else do we see? Could be the economy. Could be. May not be, though. Trump's moving up. He's doing better and better against your top. Um, candidates who are running for the nominee. Does it give you concern that people see this as overreach?
1: Well, I'm reminded of a a certain presidential, a vice presidential candidate some time ago that said, you give me the credit card and I'll show you a good time too. We're looking at a trillion dollars being pumped into this economy this year. And just under that last year, an enormous fiscal boost from the federal government, it is all debt being pumped into the economy and the interest rates being dropped to an all-time low. All of that, yeah, you're going to have a great economy. Will it last forever? No. Every economist will say it isn't. And there are things that may cause us, uh, not in the short term, but in the days ahead, maybe the months ahead, to see this coming down. But clearly, this economy is being boosted by deficit spending at a level that we've not seen since the Great Recession or the Great Crash in 2008 and 9, So here we are, yes, Trump is going to benefit from that, but so are Americans, however, Do keep in mind that it is an uneven economy. It's one in which the rich get richer and the working men and women continue to struggle to keep a roof over their head and food and their kids going to college.
0: But as we know, politics is often when it comes to economics, it's about your own wallet and green arrow, red arrow. And if they think it's going the right way, it's a tough case. But Congressman, I appreciate you making it on this show. Uh, The best to you and your family for Christmas. Uh, Thank you for being a gift to the show.
1: Thank you. And Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Have a great week.
0: I celebrate them all. John Garamendi, thank you very much. All right. Thank you. Uh, Rudy Giuliani talking to the media. We're going to talk about what's getting put out there. However, we stick on this show to where the facts are taking us. I know the politics is crazy, but let's just stick to the facts. We have more information, new information about a criminal suspect who may have been messed up with Rudy. What the ties are, what it tells us. A prime time exclusive with Vicki Ward. Next. Okay, so by now, you know the name Lev Parnas. You know one of his associates, Igor Fruman. Now... These two men we know are linked to Rudy Giuliani and they had involvement in what was happening in Ukraine, which is certainly a scandal at the minimum. But there's another name you may have heard, you may not, but you should know it now. And the name is David Correa, who's he? businessman indicted in that same complaint as Parnas and Fruman had nothing to do. As far as we know, with Giuliani, it was about money they gave to campaigns on the western part uh, of the United States that were going on. They've all pleaded not guilty. Correa is facing one count of illegally funneling foreign money into Republican political circles. What we want to know is where the money come from. What was it supposed to be used for? Where else may it have been used? Vicky Ward is here. Exclusive new information about this situation. So, David Correa, why do I care?
2: Why do you care? Because he's the money guy. He's also, to what you just said, been invisible Uh, kind of until now, because there was only one count in the indictment against Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman against him. But David Correa, according to texts that I have seen, uh, was involved in using the political operation uh, that Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman were conducting for Rudy Giuliani, the dirt digging in Ukraine. Uh, David Correa's job was to commercialize all of that. I have a text that shows him setting up business meetings in Ukraine uh, for a trip that Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman took last winter with David Correa uh, to do dig up dirt on Joe Biden at Rudy Giuliani's request.
0: So help us understand... How does that work? So they're looking for dirt on Biden. That gives them some cachet because they're working. They're telling people, at least I'm close to Rudy Giuliani. I'm close to the president. I am exactly. Matter. And what do they use that to do?
2: Well, they're using that. Uh, Their main objective, it would seem from the texts, was uh, to sell. They wanted to try to find a way to sell liquefied natural gas Mm -hmm. uh, into Ukraine Ukraine, uh, via Poland. That was the main objective. They actually would take meetings with with other people, too. There was a a Libyan scheme as well. Um, But it was all about using... Uh, their new political contacts for business purposes. So David Correa, if you like, shows us the hidden agenda.
0: Um, do we know that, like, who was aware of this and why is it wrong? Do we think, Rudy, we have no reason to believe Rudy knew what they were doing on the side?
2: Uh, well, we do. There is a connection, actually, between David Correa and Rudy Giuliani. So I have reported for CNN that, This spring, Rudy Giuliani, Lev Parnas, and Igor Fruman, and the journalist John Solomon, Mm -hmm. who would uh, propagandise the the anti-Biden stuff from the interviews exactly that Lev Parnas was arranging, Mm -hmm. they would have these meetings in the Trump Hotel in Washington, uh, in a private room in the BLT uh, restaurant there. Um, What one of the texts? shows us is that David Correa had the inside track on what Solomon was going to say. He actually sent a link of one of Solomon's columns uh, to a friend of his and said it's starting, and the column was headlined, Joe Biden's 2020 Ukraine Nightmare. So
0: the the fact of Correa knowing about the effort to get dirt on the Bidens, that matters? Why?
2: Well, because until now, it seemed that he was somehow separated from this whole... Geopolitical. I'm just a businessman. Yes. I don't have anything to do right. with it. Right, and he was the uh, he was the only sort of American-born, university-educated. He was the plausible. He was the one who kind of got these the meetings. Um, you know, somebody who was in a meeting with Furtash, uh, his, his lawyers. This is Furtash, the Ukraine oligarch with the
0: connections who, to Putin.
2: With the connections to Putin, who who is uh, facing extradition to the United States for charges, that his lawyers, uh, you know, took a meeting in Washington and David Correa gave Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman plausibility because of his sort of appearance, his education, his formality. Interestingly, Dimitro Firtash is the one sort of time when all the business scheming that David Correa Mm. was planning that actually paid off to some extent.
0: All right. So two important boxes uh, to check. One, Correa's got counsel. Obviously, he's dealing with this. What is his response to the idea that he was connected more to this political part than before understood?
2: Well, his lawyers uh, are not commenting to any of the allegations. Uh, We've put them, they're not commenting on any of of the text messages. Mm. Um, He obviously pled not guilty along with with the others. I I think what's super interesting is that he sent a text in October right around the time that the whistleblower, the reports were all coming out, that he was in Dubai. He told two sources he was in Dubai to close a deal with Dimitro Firtash. In his text messages, he says that the phone starts to ring and ring. It becomes extremely stressful for him. And as we know, uh, two days later, Lev Parnas, Igor Fruman were indicted, as was he. He came back to JFK and turned himself in.
0: Now, the big issue becomes... What is his connection to Furtash in terms of the money that was trickling down uh, to Fruman and to Parnas? And did any of it go to Rudy? And did Rudy know it's sourcing? So that part of the story continues it's yet to come. And you have been our guide all along the way. Vicky Ward, thank you very much. The best for, as you people say, happy Christmas. <laughs> and um, you, really Chris. Your, uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. The best to you and the family. And thank you for the gift of the reporting. Thank Appreciate you. it. All right. So. What's the state of play? Well, look, one of the problems with this process is you keep learning more information, but the process has moved past the investigatory phase. Now, look, the Democratic congressman is right. Articles of impeachment are just a set of allegations that are supposed to be tried in the Senate. Now, that's gotten a little cloudy here because of Pelosi holding back the articles and people arguing about that. But look, Congress has opened the door. All right. They've opened the door to the analysis of what's the right thing to do and when. Let's bring in Cuomo's court and have it out next. One of the main defenses to the Ukraine scandal is, look, this was just business as usual. This happens all the time. It can't be true. Look at this New York Magazine interview with Rudy Giuliani, where he goes off on the former Ukraine ambassador, Marie Ivanovich. He alleges that she is, quote, controlled by George Soros and that Soros, quote, put all four ambassadors there and is employing the FBI agents. Giuliani also insists, quote, Soros is hardly a Jew and that he's more of a Jew than Soros is. We need to ask why. The president had Giuliani do these things and didn't use the official channels and why they're spreading this kind of toxic propaganda. Jennifer Rogers and Jim Schultz in Cuomo's court, thank you both, best for the holy days. Jimmy, I love you and I feel bad that I'm about to beat you about the head and neck with this allegation because you have been clear on this show that you don't understand why Rudy Giuliani's been involved. You don't understand why he's been saying what he says. You have never said anything like what he is reportedly saying now, but to have the president's lawyer saying this is part of the Soros conspiracy and that's what's going on in Ukraine and that's why they had to be involved, do you buy any of that?
3: Look, the only the only thing that he said in that interview that I can confirm is that George Soros did put in a number of district attorneys across the country in places like Philadelphia with our district attorney here. And it's been a complete disaster. But as it relates to Ukraine, when you scandal, say put him in, you mean it.
0: supported his election. Well, yeah, overwhelmingly. Yeah, Called zone election. And, and, it's not like he's, he's got a velvet right. glove that he uses to manipulate reality. No,
3: no, no. But right. but when you put enough money, when you drop enough money, in, it's going to happen, right? And in Philadelphia, no doubt, we were going to have a Democratic district attorney, but we certainly weren't going to have a district attorney that's doing what he's doing here in Philadelphia, which is just tearing the city apart. But that being said, I don't think that has any bearing on, on what's going on as it relates to the Ukraine scandal. And, and I, I, you know, I, I just don't get the argument there. The, I don't get why he did the interview where he did. I don't get why he's having uh, drinks during the interview. None of that makes sense to me. But, you know, I, I, there's not much to say there.
0: Well, there's not much to say to justify it. I'll give you that. And just to be clear, I have invited Mr. Giuliani on repeatedly to show any proof he has of any of his allegations. I'll give him more time than anybody. I make it to all the people who are defending the president's actions here. Jennifer, now here's the the genius of it, right out of the book of Trump. And I mean that as a compliment. Soros isn't a Jew. He's more of a Jew than him. This is ugly. We hate this stuff. Let's talk about that. No, let's talk about 90 minutes after you got off the phone with Zelensky you had a, uh, a chain of communications in the Office of Management and Budget stopping the aid to Ukraine. Materiality.
4: Oh, of course. I mean, look. This is this is exactly what is happening. Every piece of actual evidence and information that's coming out is more and more damaging to the president and there's a lot more yet to come because of course we haven't heard from some of the critical witnesses so what Giuliani is out there doing trying to spin these false alternative narratives so, Oh, I've got evidence oh I won't show you but mm-hmm. you know it's all coming everyone stay tuned if it existed we would have seen it we would have seen it before impeachment
0: and just to be clear you know Rudy Giuliani I've known him most of my adult life we come from the same place you don't talk like that uh, about people of any faith of any persuasion And he knows it. uh, And it's ugly. I'm not saying it doesn't matter. I'm saying it doesn't matter in this investigation because it's a distraction. And it leads us to the big question. Jimmy, both you and I know and Jennifer, too. God forbid any of us ever has a malicious question put uh, out about us. And you have proof that it's not true. And you have someone that you can have come in and tell people, hey, Jimmy didn't do what you say. It didn't happen like that. And I know it for a fact. Everybody provides that information except in this situation. Where all the top people Chris, and all the important papers oh. can help the president, but none of them are put out. Where's Bolton? Where's Mulvaney? Where's the chain of communications? Where's the proof of the September 9th call?
3: So, so Chris, so the, first off, let's talk about the ninety-minute issue. You know, all we have is the fact that the yeah, f- fine. Let's take for take take for at face value that that happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it happened. The president made no, there's been no discrepancy. The aid was withheld here. So the timing of it who really cares again i go well, back they've the said that they didn't the withhold transcript the transcript or, or, the, or the, rep- the report they've argued the, that look there was the certainly there was with a there was aid that was withheld here but but, but tying that directly to this they haven't done and chris you know you're a lawyer you get 90 it. Minutes. so the, it's the burden's on the prosecution yeah. to prove their case the burden is on the president to prove his but innocence this isn't here. a court of law and 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 with what with okay, well, the Democrats want to call it a court of law. It's not a court of and, and, law. I don't care what they want to call it. The they court call of it a tomato. It's not a court At every chance they want to take. But, that, but that's the arguments they're making. That's the argument no, that you're making here. No, I'm you're making an argument of to a court we of want law. the
0: truth, Jimmy. The burden we here, want no, the matter, truth. no matter
3: how you look at it, it's incumbent upon the, the House at this point to get enough votes in the Senate to convict. And they didn't put on a case that's sufficient. Well, first of all, they haven't a, put on a case. A Jennifer,
0: conviction. one of the things Jimmy knows this and I give him points for rhetorical none flourish. Fa-
3: none of the facts. They haven't put right. on a case yet.
0: First, first of all, they're not supposed to put on a case out there. They're not supposed to put on a case. Jennifer Rogers, what is the duty of the House in this situation? Common speak for people.
4: Well, they need to present the evidence that they collected during their phase of these right. proceedings, which was substantial. 17 witnesses, a bunch of documents and text messages that were turned over voluntarily. The problem is, as we all know as lawyers, evidence continues to come in. Even through the trial, you're still investigating, adding evidence if you get it. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of evidence that's missing here because unlike in a criminal trial, you know, normally you don't have the defendant in a position to withhold meaningful evidence from the prosecutors. You're usually able to get that information pursuant to lawful subpoena. Here, those lawful subpoenas were blocked in a complete stonewall by the administration for the first time ever. So we're really in an unusual situation. And the House is going to present what they collected, but they're also entitled to push for more evidence that the president has been unlawfully withholding. And I think they should continue to do that. Putting
0: on the case, Jimmy, is supposed to happen by design in the Senate. That's where it's supposed to happen. So, so
3: they put together. I, I heard a congressman just calling an indictment a couple of minutes ago on your show. I also heard him mention bribery a couple of minutes yeah. from, a couple of minutes ago on your show. Yeah. That's what Congress is saying. There was no charge of bribery here. Not even close. It doesn't have yet to a, be. It's yet, not yet a co- criminal United trial. States they accuse him of something worse. The uh, United States congressman who who uh, who voted for impeachment is now claiming that there was a bribery, but that was never charged. But they don't have to. Never in the impeachment. Anything.
0: Papers. And it is in the impeachment. See, Jimmy, you're better than it. Well, where is the
5: bribery or treason? Or any a, of the answer. things any of the things that they were claiming
3: during the time. I'll that answer. didn't appear. Jimmy. They have abuse of power Jimmy, and obstruction. You're Those like are the me, only you are two like things me. Things I can't were. believe we're
0: not brothers. What I'm saying is this. I love when you ask me a question and you don't let me answer it. That's my technique. What I'm saying is this: in Article One of the Impeachment, if you read it. They describe the solicitation of a bribe, a leverage scheme. Now, they don't charge it, but again, don't play games. We're not in court.
3: He isn't but they don't, charged they don't call with anything. A bribe? Chris? This is a political trial. They just trial. called that on TV. This is a political trial because they can say trial. whatever they want on yeah, TV. And, and the president said when, when the rubber hit the road, they knew they didn't have it. That's if they not thought true. They had it. They would have charged. It's not it. true. They, they didn't they, do it here. We've had all of them say well, the same thing ugh, on Chris. the show,
0: Jimmy. If we had said bribery, then guys like you, who are clever and educated, would have picked apart the case and the elements of bribery. They wanted to keep and it a right constitutional And rightfully so because they,
3: they don't have it.
0: Right. I'm hearing you. Because they don't have it. This this is what we should all agree on. <laughs> Jennifer, Jim and I, we should agree on this. The people deserve to know who and what explains what happened here. And if you have the people at the top that supposedly exonerate the president, let them come out so people okay. can see so what not, happened, so the president he's clear have a right, and we move on.
3: But he's stopping and them the from happening. The president
4: action. can contest that with his uh, own I'm witnesses. The president and his own has lawyers. a right here. It's a fair
3: process, right? And 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 the president has a right to object to subpoenas, and that's what he's done here. And you know what? There's a process that goes through the courts if they want to. It was big. Hurry up! We've got it. This is urgent. There's now also the there's also, also a concept in the right? law now called she's frivolous everything. lawsuits. It makes it frivolous no This is not a frisble, to, frivolous lawsuit. He has a colorable claim and an argument to be made before the courts. And you know what? The how, how is it a colorable claim? You, made take no that to the argument. courts to he have that. No Listen to Jennifer, the judge laughed He's at it. And with no McGann, they said don't go through the courts. Now they're arguing, don't go through the courts. now they're saying we have to get McGahn. Oh, no. because now it's impeachment. They want to pull McGahn into it now. No, 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 so no, So no, now no. they're going to bypass no, that's not, all the court that, proceedings, no. say no. now they want McGahn. No, no, you can I, you know, finish it, on. but I'm, this is, I'm striking this is it from the contri- record, and here's it's why. It's a contrived
0: political show. That's all it is. This is going to be the last word on this. The Republicans and defenders of the president are arguing right now that courts shouldn't make a decision about McGahn and by extension other cases because they would be in fact weighing in on an impeachment argument. They're having it both ways. It's not fair. But you are fair, Jimmy, to be on the show and make your case. I love you for it. Thank you, Jennifer Rogers. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you for being here. The best for your families for the holidays. Tricky Jimmy. You too, Chris. All right. Could the impeachment of the president actually help him politically? We're seeing suggestion of that in numbers. Okay. it's worth it looking at. What are the risks? What is the exposure? How do these three fine minds see it? We'll get the breakdown next. All right. We have a new poll, CNN. This is what it finds. Biden leading Trump, 49, 44 head to head national number. Okay, but a couple of things. One, that's a national number. When you look state by state, especially the important states, very tight to Trump looking better and Biden's national number narrowing. Also true in other head to head polls with other top tier Democrats. In other words, even as this president is about to go on trial, I guess, in the U.S. Senate, he may be getting stronger. Why? Wajali, Karen Finney. Errol Lewis, uh, good to have each and all the best and blessings to your families for the holy days. Thank you for all you do for the audience on this show. Appreciate it.
5: Brother Lewis, what's your read on the poll contraction? Well, listen, the uh, I'm sure Joe Biden and his team would love to be up 10 points, uh, up eight points the where they were uh, during the summer. But the reality is... Uh, you take a pounding in some of these debates. You take a pounding when your name is being flung around in the course of an impeachment when the unified Republican message is investigate Joe Biden, which was, of course, the intention of the president to try and weaken him and knock him down a little bit. So I think it's, it's natural to see this kind of thing. Uh, of course, what really matters is, will the Democrats unite around a candidate? If that candidate is Biden, I suspect those numbers will look a little different. Mm. I agree with Errol's analysis in part and his central question.
0: Absolutely. But, Finney, it's not just Biden. It's not just Biden, Karen Finney. Uh, That it's happening across the board and state by state even closer, especially the states that you all need to win. What is your take?
6: couple of things. I think, number one, there's a lot of volatility. Every poll that we've certainly done here at CNN, we see that with the voters in terms of they're undecided between the various candidates. I think once we have our nominee, the numbers will, regardless of who it is, it'll start to look different. I do think the Democratic Party is going to unify behind whoever the nominee is, because I think people recognize the mistake of 2016, thinking, oh, Hillary's going to win, so I can go ahead and vote for somebody else. Uh, it is a dangerous uh, thing to think. And look, I think it's also the case that we're, we're in December and we don't yet know what kind of impact the president will have once we start this uh, proceeding in January. And once he is back out there tweeting day after day and frankly stepping on his own positive message, although I don't agree with him about the economy, that the economy is doing better. He, I would never underestimate his own ability to do that.
0: Waj, I've sat with you on set many times and seen you shake your head at the state of play in the Democratic Party. Uh, And now with these numbers moving, what is the message it sends to you? Uh, I don't buy that Trump is strong. Uh, I think he barely won with 77,000 votes. votes. Uh,
5: There was a blue wave in the midterm elections. If you look at these special elections in Louisiana and Kentucky, what happened? Uh, Republicans lost. He's only the third president in this nation's history to be impeached. Nearly half of America wants him impeached and removed, which is stunning. If you look at the crosstabs, I've
3: said this before, Chris, 61% of women want him out. And I will say this again on your show. I will eat halal crow if I'm wrong. I think women will be the force that take him out. (laughs) in 2020,
5: (laughs) I think like what Karen said, Impeachment drives him nuts, if you don't believe me. Look at his Twitter account. Just from today, he's attacking windmills like Don Quixote. He's attacking women. He's attacking
0: Congressman Dingle. This is going to linger on and from the it top has of your it. show. There's more evidence. Listen, there's more
5: evidence that will make him I look bad. I hear mad.
0: you. You've all <laughs> argued this to me, and it's just hard for me to accept it. Errol Lewis, that his mouth causes trouble. The two best metrics I've had presented, one, I think, by Waj and one by uh, Professor Brownstein, uh, is that... Uh, You don't find a president who has as low a number of voters who believe the economy is good as you do with Trump, that Obama and Bush had 90 percent or better of voters who say the economy is strong. And this president has around 50 percent of those voters. But I don't believe that the mouth matters. It doesn't seem to hurt him. Where am I wrong?
5: that's right. I I think you're right, actually. I mean, look, one thing that he's doing, you know, we we look at it and we say, oh, he attacked uh, uh, the the memory of John Dingell. He attacked Debbie Dingell. Oh, what a terrible thing. Think about it, though. He's rallying in Michigan. It's a state that he needs to have. It's a swing state. It's one that helped win him the victory four years ago. And he's already jumping to uh, a general election strategy. He's holding rallies in Pennsylvania. He's holding rallies in Florida. He's holding rallies in, in Michigan. He has the luxury to do that. As the incumbent, he's trying to sort of shore up and nail down his base. So I wouldn't be all that confident that uh, the impeachment, the the inexplicable uh, gap between how the economy is actually doing and how people seem to think the economy is doing, I don't think all of that is necessarily going to be fatal to him. And clearly they've got a strategy that they're running very aggressively to go to the swing states now, not later, lock in their base, and then maybe see what can happen later on in in 2020.
0: 48 hours after the impeachment vote, a Trump campaign official says, you know, whether it's true or not, we'll see in the reporting, that they raised $10 million. Um, There was talk about how evangelicals get behind this president. Karen, I thought that was a really interesting test And to see how Fox jumped on that as if, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, naming people like me as people who hate Christians. That made my mom (laughs) really happy, uh, by the way. The idea that they then lined up, though. That one periodical came out, uh, Christianity Today, uh, Gally, the um, editor-in-chief who's retiring or leaving. uh, Evangelicals lined up strong behind the president in the wake of that and said, he is our guy, the base effect Real? How does that yeah. resonate?
6: So, a couple of things I want to say. I agree with Waj in that, as uh, the majority of, this po- of our population and the majority of voters, as a woman and a Black woman, we aren't buying what Trump is selling. And if you look, I think that is part of what we heard from the midterms. I can tell you from work that I'm doing. Uh, white, college-educated suburban women are sick of this guy, and they are sick of the drama. Now, to, to Christianity Today, I agree with you. I thought that was incredibly powerful. And here's where I think we don't know what impact it, it will have. And I think this is something we have to remember as we think about 2020. America now understands what life under Trump is like. In 2016, he was able to paint this picture, and you really didn't know. And remember, we were waiting for the pivot. Do you remember that in the beginning? We all know. There's no pivot coming. There's no rational human being coming. This is what it it is like. And so I think you can't underestimate that people are mulling it over. And certainly, I think, having Christianity today say to people, I mean, I am a Christian, and I'm a Democrat because I'm a Christian, right? I believe in being a good steward of the earth and all of those tenets of Christianity. So I think as people look deep in themselves as Christians and say, do I maybe I don't agree with him on everything. Maybe I'm happy about judges, but I don't. But but the immoral behavior bothers me.
0: We'll see. We'll see soon enough. Look, each of you have been so good to me. I thank you very much, not just because it's the holidays, uh, but for every day. And Waj, nothing we're talking about now matters to me, even close as much to the good news about your daughter. Thank um, you, sir. Thank God for the family. Blessings to your girl and the rest of the kids, you and the wife, Finney, Lewis. Thank you very much for being who you are every day, not just today. God bless. All
5: thank right. You, Chris.
0: Why did the highest ranking Republican in the House just look in the camera? And really say things that he knows aren't right. Why? Why are we letting lies become the norm? Why, when you're told something is a fact, do you only think about whether you'll agree because you like the way it feels? The argument of what they're saying and what the reality is, side by side. Next. All right. How about this? A little holy day helping of facts versus Fugazi starring a member of GOC, GOP leadership. We're going to go blow for blow with the boulder dash. Roll the sound.
3: Well, if you pause for one moment, and you read this I.G. report by Horowitz. Now, before we even get to the meat of the matter,
0: read the transcript, read the report. Be clear. They're betting you won't read it. Why can I say that? Because both. That call summary and this report say the opposite of what McCarthy and Trump's defenders suggest. More sound.
3: Here's the FBI. They broke into President Trump at the time, candidate Trump's campaign, spied on him. Okay. no one from
0: the FBI broke into President Trump's campaign or tapped the wires in Trump Tower. Full stop. The Horowitz report actually says this. Ready? Quote, all of the witnesses we interviewed told the OIG, that's the inspector general, that's Horowitz, that the FBI did not try to recruit members of the Trump campaign as confidential human sources. They didn't send those sources to collect information in Trump campaign headquarters or Trump campaign spaces. They did not ask sources to join the campaign or otherwise attend events as part of the investigation. All of the witnesses said no one was sent into the belly of the campaign. All of them. So what did happen? The FBI opened individual cases into four people associated with the campaign. That is true. Paul Manafort convicted. Michael Flynn pleaded guilty. George Papadopoulos pleaded guilty. Carter Page not accused of a crime, not really part of the campaign either, according to the campaign and to the president himself. So those are the facts. Now, let's go a step further. Did the FBI use people to work, Paige Papadopoulos and another high-level Trump official? According to the report and the reporting, yes, yes, they did. Is that spying? FBI Director Chris Ray says, no. Remember, he is Trump's guy and he says it was all legit. So why is the minority leader, a member of the gang of 8 by the way, which means he has uh, a special process, a special amount of intel coming to him? Why say it this way? Listen.
3: And then they covered it up. It is a modern day Watergate. Watergate, five burglars
0: connected to Nixon's re-election campaign broke into the DNC to bug the phones and steal documents. They got caught. The president infamously covered it up. None of that happened here. No cover-up. McCarthy is trying to say that the FBI legally surveilling four people, three of whom turned out to be criminals, is somehow akin to what happened at Watergate. You know, when I say some of this, I'll smile and you guys mention it. I don't know why I I do that. I guess it's a perverse sense of satisfaction that this play must be so obvious to you that this is BS, He goes heavy on this, but he says nothing about our president believing Putin over our own intelligence, asking Russia, Ukraine and China to help with dirt on Biden. Look, listen to this last piece of
3: sound. It's a modern day coup, the closest this country's ever came to. But the only way you can compare this to is Watergate.
0: A coup is a violent overthrow. Look, it's hyperbolic at best. All right. It's toxic at worst. And be very clear. Mr. McCarthy, the president, any defender is open invitation on this show at all time. McConnell hasn't been on CNN in two years. Van Drew just changed parties. He'll go on Fox. They'll all go on Fox. They won't come here. You need to make your case to people with open minds. And that is the opportunity. We welcome you here. Not to be nice. That's the job. The job is fairness, and the facts need to be argued because they seem very clear. That's the argument. Now, the bolo, the president igniting a new war with an old foe. What is it? And here's a hint. Who plays Sancho Panza? Next. President Trump drawing comparisons to Don Quixote tilting at windmills at a young conservatives conference in Florida this weekend. Here's a taste.
1: We'll have a, an economy based on wind. I never understood wind. You know, I know windmills very much. I've studied it better than anybody. I know it's very expensive. You want to see a bird graveyard? You just go. Take a look. A bird graveyard? Go under a windmill someday. You'll see more birds than you've ever seen, ever in your life.
0: (laughs) He understands. (laughs) Forget it. This is all wrong, literally. Windmills made into a monster, just as happened with the deranged man of La Mancha, Don Quixote, a bird graveyard. Supposedly, cats kill more birds, okay? Not to mention the fact that windmills are arguably among the cleanest. energy sources. Trump is making windmills into monsters. The question is why? I actually have two questions. Thanks for watching tonight. CNN tonight with the upgrade. Laura Coates starts right now. I'll ask you the questions because you are the better mind. One